Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode number 28 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis Stahl. My name is Barbara Wojan. How are you guys? So, Barb, I saw on Facebook that Night Dental's given the NBC CDT test at your location today. Yes. Yep, that's where I am right now. I'm actually at the laboratory. I have 10 candidates in every single specialty, which is pretty cool. I've never seen an ortho candidate, especially here in implants, um, crown and bridge, ceramics, and um, been here since 630 this morning and met a lot of really great technicians. The examiners are amazing. I just uh, got them lunch, and now I'm uh, taking a break to uh, record with you. Do you do any of the testing, or are you just hosting? I'm just hosting. What does it take to be a host? Do you have to have certain equipment for everybody? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. You've got a list of all the things that they need. Make sure that all of the candidates call me the week before. Make sure that they have hand pieces and steamers, and most of the stuff that we have here, we let them use, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the they bring their ovens um, for sure you want your own oven and then um, we just provide the benches and the time and the space they take the test it takes five hours and 15 minutes and then the examiners grade them and then they come back at uh, four o'clock this afternoon so it ends at 1 15 then they come back and they pick up all their stuff and then they get their grades in six weeks and um, seems like a pretty good group so it's wow. uh, it's another thing that I do because I love my industry. Yeah. I was here at Six Green, you know. I, I like it, and I um, you know, I lo- I have a big facility, so it it affords us to to be able to bring a lot of techs in, and it's you know, it's cool. Do you give them job applications while they're there too? No, but I've <laughs> I'm thinking that this one lady in the removable, I'm like, huh, I wonder where she's at. And one of them's <laughs> on the base here in town. I asked him about the lab that they have and all of the stuff at the base, so that was pretty neat too. That's cool. Do you give them a big pep talk before they get started do you like today is the day you fulfill your destiny as a cd do you give them all that no <laughs> i i give them bagels and fireball say good luck <laughs> <laughs> most of them are pretty wound pretty tight especially right now when you have 15 minutes left and you can see the beads of sweat and they're trying oh, to get everything done a lot of pressure and it's uh, it's cool to watch, but I think they all finished on time. And one guy lost a crown, had to find it on the floor, and the examiner found it for oh, him. Oh, man, and, uh, that's tough. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I've been there, done that. Been oh, on the yeah. floor looking for Yeah, one of the one things I wanted to do when we retiled the lab is not use white. <laughs> that's what everybody said to me. Glidewell had uh, white floors when I went Really? There really? What was it, an A3? Yes. Uh, an A1? No, they what? were white. No, they were like a (laughs) BL4. Yep. I came back and I had somebody come out and look at our floors because I want white floors now. Really? Doesn't that make it harder to find stuff, though? Yeah, that's what everybody tells me. But I don't know. I'd rather have clean and white and pretty. I guess it does show all the scrapes and wax drops and stone and... So this week, pretty exciting. You can now register for the Vision 21 meeting that takes place in January uh, 16th to the 19th in Las Vegas. I mean, I know it's a while off, but both Barb and I will be there. It's a great meeting. You know, I've been going for years. It's more of a business management meeting than a technical meeting, which a lot of conferences are. Plus, it's in Las Vegas in the winter. 
Yes. Which is super nice for us in the Midwest. It's really one of my favorite meetings of the year. Same here. My favorite meeting of the year. I love it. And I know we've mentioned many times about buying a raffle ticket to win the motorcycle at VoicesFromTheBench.com. But they'll actually draw the winning raffle ticket at Visions 21. So if you go to Visions 21 and you buy a ticket, you could possibly just skip your plane ride and ride the hog back to wherever you're coming from. So, <laughs> Well said. And if you're really nice to Barb, you might be able to get to hear her on beep. Darn. I was just going to say damn, but then you'd have to beat me. So darn. <laughs> true, true. I guess I have to be good. And it's Vegas, so, you know. We'll be up a little late, but I'll, I'll do my best to not swear. <laughs> so we continue today's conversation with Robert and Yulia from last week, talking more about the integrated digital workflow with removable restorations. Also, we get into something that's really interesting, uh, the differences between how we do things in the states and other countries. You know, Yulia is from the, the old Soviet Union, and Robert spends a lot of time consulting with companies that work in other countries. So we get a nice perspective on that. Very interesting. you guys. Voices from the Bench. The Interview compromise edentulous patients life better i think and and leave something for, for, for the profession i think that's 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 our our objective so um yulia i've got a question so if you talk about the conventional digital integrated um what does that look like like how can you integrate the two where where would you start what do you need and what does that kind of look like well uh first of all when you want to involve in the digital you have to have a knowledge o- overall uh, how to make dentures anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like uh, Rob, Robert mentioned that you cannot go in the digital, start the digital without having knowledge about the uh, removable overall. Sure. So as, as a fear of technicians, they're going to lose a job. I, I heard this from some technicians as well. But there's going to be always room for conventional Mm-hmm. Because you know, even a digital world open up the door. But the thing is, at the beginning, as a technician, we look at the impressions, we look at the models, mm-hmm. and we have to put our knowledge there to see if it's good or not, even to start with, to put in the skin there, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as well, and then digital part, and then on the end, you have to be, you have to be a very good technician to finalize. Because whatever we have, whatever comes from the mail has to be finalized. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, when you do digital side, you have to know a lot about the um, uh, occlusion, how the teeth have to relate to each other. It's a lot of knowledge. It's not just um, you sit behind the computer and click, 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 you know, and it will work for you. No. And it's, it's, it's a big knowledge you have to combine two together. And Barbara, you know, as far as the work, work for, let me just jump in. Admit, I mean, the, the, this terms integrated is something um, I started writing about about a year ago or early, earlier this you know, year. I started writing some articles uh, and, and used these terms. I saw when I was at Avident, you know, and uh, the need for setting teeth and then because uh, some dentists prefer a wax try-in and then you get it mm-hmm. all the way to the try-in state and then you would scan that. 
So it's conventional up to the trying state. So the, the base plate, uh, say the custom tray, then the dentist border molds that, and then that might be, and then they might create a, uh, some models and then they'll do a conventional base plates, occlusal rims. Hmm. And then with the occlusal rims, they'll, they'll get the records, the uh, centric relation or myocentric, whatever their records they you know use. But most people are you know using centric relation. And then they'll mount an articulator and then and then set it up, do a try and then scan that. And then from that point, then it goes digital. So that would be more of an integrated. Same thing with doing a base plate and occlusal rim and conventionally and then and then taking a wash impression under the uh, base plate to capture um, the soft tissue and and then register yeah. and stabilize it and, and then and then take your central relation records and then scan that and then everything after that records appointment is digital so and the same thing with implants you would might uh, integrate an implant uh, into the workflow where you do you would set up the, all the denture teeth conventionally scan in that space and then capture space for the bar. And then once you have that bar space analyzed, then you would set digitally the teeth over that. So there's different workflows you can you know, use. And that's, you know, where I'm really about, you know, the digital workflows, not the end product, what you get there, but the end product is, you know, aesthetics of the end product is getting better and better and better. I mean, haven't we all been integrating ever since milled titanium bars? I mean, Correct. yeah, it's all, we're just growing upon that thought. So, Correct. So you can, you can uh, scan in for an immediate, if, if the teeth have not, you know, um, have been, have, aren't super erupted, aren't splayed out, but you have, a, you have a good arrangement. The patient wants the same mold. So that can be biocopied. And um, uh, it's in the, I think, the new InLab 18 software where they have this biocopy capability. And then you, um, you can uh, give the patient back their, their same contours. So that's interesting. We're looking at being able to mill or print existing dentition that a patient had. So when they get their denture, it almost looks exactly like the teeth they had before and not a selected mold. Absolutely. Oh, that's pretty neat. I never even thought about that. That's a really neat thing. I really like your term uh, integrated. Um, I think it's, I I believe it. I think it makes a lot of sense. And um, I've seen it in my laboratory, how we've been able to integrate some digital and some conventional. Uh, So my belief uh, is that you're always going to need the skill level and the mind and, you know, all of the knowledge of the technicians. And nobody really has anything to worry about except for getting better and improving. Um, So that's, I like that. Where's all this going, guys? I mean, obviously you're on top of it. Where and what sort of time frame are we looking at for this to expand and grow? Well, like I said earlier, you know, it's it's going to grow exponentially in the next four years, four to five years. I mean, you're going to see rapid growth mm-hmm. in two to three years. It's, it's going to be quite similar to what you know you experienced uh, ten years ago with Crown Bridge. Sure. And you saw so it what started what about twelve years ago mm-hmm. and removal and fixed prosthetics I think it was and then so from two thousand and six to two thousand and ten those those four years were amazing. Mm-hmm. What happened and fixed prosthetics? I mean we saw all types of technology you know coming out. 
the, where it's going to grow, it's going to grow exponentially in four years. We're going to, we're going to go from, you know, 1% last year to probably in 2020, um, we'll probably be up to 5%. Mm-hmm. And I would say by 2022, we're going to be up to 20%. Wow. And then by 2024, 25, we'll be up to 40%. Partial denture is going to grow much faster. But these are all, these aren't just my predictions. These are predictions, you know, that have been done by analysts. Mm-hmm. Uh, IData um, came out with, with some studies. Other people have come out with studies. But this is the predictions where it's going to be and removal prosthodontics in the digital world in the next uh, four to five years. It's going to be a lot of change, a lot of rapid change. And I think it's going to be better for the patient, uh, the dentist, and for us. So I'm looking forward to it. Exactly. And, and also- is that company comes in. So, so are you consulting with um, laboratories and with doctors or are you just consulting with laboratories? So um, what does that look like your company? Consulting with one company right now, but on a, on a global basis. So I, uh, but it, more of my, what I'm doing is on the conventional side. So I'm creating training programs for different countries around the world Wow! using products. So right now I'm working on a training program in South America and in Middle Asia. And uh, so it's more, I'm working with new materials, new products that are being uh, introduced on the conventional side of uh, dentures. Well, that's interesting. Uh I've always wanted different country perspectives on this show, and I've been trying to reach out to technicians from all over the world because I just I don't know anything about our industry outside of America. I mean, it sounds like you can speak on that. So tell me, can you even talk about some interesting differences between our industry here and like you mentioned, South America or Asia? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I, a little bit. I mean, it's interesting. Yulia said earlier, you know, she was in the, educated in the former, you know, in the Soviet Union. Yeah. And they had educational requirements. You you could not work in a lab unless you had formal mm-hmm. education. That's I mean, huge. That's, yeah. You know, and that was uh, years ago. And so that kind of shows us for many years where the United States have been as far as the educated dental technician population. But in regards to, you know, globally, and that's, we are one of the few countries that does not require education. Yeah. Uh, many, most of the countries yep. in the world require education for dental technicians. Uh, so I think we, the United States have to work, has to work on that quite a bit to provide more education for this future dental technician uh, population. You know, also it's interesting around the world that we we see in like for example in Europe in Germany, it's very common to for complete dentures to use the pore technique. I would say the majority, probably eighty percent of the dentures in, in Europe in Germany, Austria, um, well, let's say all of Europe are dental really? pore techniques. Uh, as well as well as Asia, a lot of the dentures in Asia are pore techniques. Really, so. It's not, but yet we look up to a lot of the prosthetics that are made, thinking they're much more sophisticated, and and in some of these countries than in the U.S. But they are using these very basic, simple techniques, but they're more concerned about the materials. Mm-hmm. So you know, the question is: Is it necessary to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in a laboratory for these machines to process dentures when they're not doing that in, in a lot of countries? 
you know, I mean, a human body is human body. We're all working in the same mouth, no matter what sure, country yeah. we're in. So I, I always found that interesting. I found interesting the, you know, uh, I think some of the countries are much more advanced uh, than we are in the U.S. as far as technician, like I said, knowledge, and that has to do with the education. But the, the materials, I think more of the, a lot of the countries are very concerned more about the patient or more concerned about the prosthesis they're providing the patient instead of the profit. Yeah. Yeah. In business, we have to be, we have to be profitable to, you know, in business, but sometimes, you know, we let the profits, you know, and um, uh, overweigh the, the patient. Sure. And I think, I think I see this in a lot of countries where they're, they go to the, you know, they, they go to the extra mile to give the patient the best they can. In some places here in the U.S., we might use inexpensive teeth, but yet, you know, charge them out as a higher end tooth where, you know, I think there's a lot. I don't see that being done as much in some, in some other countries in the world. I think they, they use the, the, uh, the better quality of teeth. Uh, the best quality they can get. Yeah, sure. There's some countries that, you know, teeth are very, very cheap. You can buy a card uh, teeth for a dollar, two dollars. But uh, that is like in any country, it's a a small segment of of the population. And also look at, you know, in in some countries, people don't, you know, don't have the finance, don't have the money, don't have the dental insurance to pay for these products. Uh, there's some there's little villages in, in parts of the world where getting dental care is very, very difficult. And uh, just to, you know, people don't even think about getting a state plate. They just want the tooth extracted or maybe all the teeth extracted and make a denture. Um, so globally, yeah, there's going to be a need for conventional dentures for many, many, many years because digitally is really in the United States right now. And then it's going to be in Europe, maybe after that into Asia. But uh, the, the majority of the population globally will still be conventional. Interesting. I find that fascinating. What about you, Yulia? When you came over to the States, what shocked you between the differences between the two countries? As far as dentistry or countries overall? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, not country overall, obviously, but <laughs> just dental laboratory. Was there anything that kind of made you kind of go, wow, this is how you do it? No, it was totally different. Well, first of all, really? as I said, I used to do crown bridge and the denture. On a removable side, I would say probably more the same. Yeah. At this time, when I came here in my country, we didn't do um, invested and crown, crown bridge. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just used, and until now, because sometimes I go visit my country, they still use the old technique to do the uh, crown and bridge as well but um, as far as a removable yeah it's not that much I learned terminology I learned a little bit of the machine what they use material and uh, it wasn't hard for me to get a job here and eventually I got my CDT I became a CDT here because you know I just want to prove that I'm a certified technician. I'm not just technician. Uh, even I had this education back in my country, but I want to be certified here in the United States. Yeah. It wasn't easy for me, to be honest, but I did. And um, no, like I said, on the removable side, not as much. Crown bridge, yes. Interesting. And yeah. uh, fixed 
side, yeah. Was it difference in material or difference in processes or? Yeah, yeah, it's in the process. The total, it was a total new world. Interesting. When I came here before I got the first job here in Removable, I used to go uh, one, um, before I used to go to, I, I got to know one guy, he had his own lab in his garage and I volunteered for a few days a, a day a week and I helped him just to learn. And then I was like, oh no, I just want to be a removable tech. And, um, mm-hmm. and actually it wasn't hard for me to get the job on the removable side because you know, setting, setting teeth is my my key. I like it. I best of the the whole process. I like to set the teeth. Uh-huh. And working in micro for twenty years, I was mainly setting teeth. It was my specialties. It's an important specialty. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so I can set teeth with my close eyes. <laughs> so, have you set teeth digitally? How is that transition? Yeah. How easy is it to go from being able to hold it? To seeing it on a screen, it's it's easy when you do when you know how to do this, especially with the software, which is you know I did experience only with Avadent. Mm-hmm. It's easy because they uh, they have this special uh, codes. You know, you just go with the code, you just pull out from library, yeah, uh, copy the T's and you set it. Also, you can uh, adjust the T's as far as uh, width or the length of the T's. Uh, it's very easy. It's you know it's it's so fascinating because you sit in front of the computer, you it's like a video game. Sure, you know, yeah. but uh, you creating at the same time. It's interesting. It's very very interesting, and I would encourage all the technicians who are against this just once sit down behind the computer and try to do this. And I'm a hundred percent positive that they will change their mind. With the new generation of dental technicians that are coming into the field, and obviously we need to still train them traditionally, but do you feel that they will train easier digitally because of their generation? Uh, as far as uh, traditional or digital? Well, the generation that's coming into our field now are younger. They were raised with tablets and computers. And do you think it's going to be easier to train this new generation digitally than it is to train a technician now traditionally? To say easier or not easier, it's totally my my perspective or point of view. I would say uh, mm-hmm. if you born to be technician, it's going to be easier. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it is easier because you um, you you will see this on the computer, and what I see future of the digital, they since they evolving, it's so fast. It goes so fast. This technology goes so fast. The communication between a dentist and the technicians is so much easier now through the computers. Sure. Instead of, you know, communicate on a phone, you hold the dentures, I mean, models and articulators in front of you and the dentist on the other side of um, who knows where. And once you put everything on a screen, it's going to be very much easier to communicate with a dentist. And I think it's going to be easier, much easier to, to train in technicians. Yeah. 
especially now new generation they race on this technology yeah and Ellis and the, the the training the education will be different uh working on now different types of training for this for the future and yeah the, they they will be integrated into this training program much more um exposure to to digital to computers to understanding how to communicate uh, different terms, like Yulia said, there's a whole new vocabulary that people have to uh, learn uh, on, on digital, especially removal of prosthetics. Oh, yeah. It, it'll change. It, but it, it, it's going to be, I think the learning curve will be much uh, different. And right now, you know, it's you might get into this field, graduate from lab school, but uh, be five or six years before you start making a decent salary. Um, I truly believe that that's going to change dramatically mm-hmm. with digital. Um, people, the value of people, because there will be fewer technicians in the, in this field, uh, because it'll increase the efficiency uh, and productivity uh, of a uh, of a technician. Thus, it should uh, affect the value of the technician, just like it has in other uh, technologies uh, and where, where digital has you know, disrupted, uh, been a, the, the disruptor. So, yeah, it'll it's technicians and, and training programs. Will be will be different, but the the new people that get into this, younger technicians, will learn much faster because, like you said, they've grown up with this technology. It's been part of their life. They've, it's already been integrated into their life, and taking the step further is not a big thing for yeah. them. Yeah, especially with dentists. I mean, look at the young dentists going to dental school and even the dental programs. They're all going digital. Yeah. And uh, we're working now with one university, you know, that, in fact, interesting, I did a project with this university uh, and they were doing parallel workflows, conventional and digital. And the patient, we delivered the same dentures, the patient, the patient preferred the digital uh, denture because they said it felt more natural. And that's because we yeah, and that totally blew me away. I mean, I, you know, Yulia and I took a little personally. Yulia did the uh, conventional denture for this project, and both of us worked on it. And then it was a digital denture that was done with uh, through Abigail the denture, but yet the patient liked that denture better. I think what what happens is when you do when you design it digitally, you you can control the thickness of the base, you can control mm-hmm. the rugae, the anterior rugae. So when you scan the the palate. You're, you know, you're creating, you're, you're creating a negative of that positive. And then again, you can, you're getting, picking up the exact placement and of, a, exact replication of the patient's natural rugae in the, in the anterior hard palate, as well as the, the contour of the palate. So you're maintaining that throat form, the contour of the palate, and you also can control the thickness. You can get the precise thickness throughout the palate. So a huge advantage to the patient for, for their tongue, yeah. it feels more natural. Yeah. The placement of the teeth can feel more natural because, you know, you have this finite area in this denture space, which, which you're designing. And you can see the space on a screen and control it much easier than you can on an articulator with wax and, and teeth. Interesting. We're getting to the end here. We covered some great information. Now, I know, Robert, I seem to see you speaking a lot. So where can people find you this fall? Julia and I are both doing a full-day lecture in uh, Alberta, Canada, to the Alberta Dentures Association. That's September 
their meeting, I think, is the 12th through the 15th. Uh, in, it's outside Calgary. Uh-huh. We're doing a program there on the 15th. And then I'm doing a workshop at the International Digital Denture Symposium in September at the, uh, in Phoenix. Uh-huh. And then, you know, we come into the holiday seasons. It's amazing. This year is almost over with. You know, we're getting, yeah. we're, we're approaching the end of the uh, third quarter. I know. It seems weird. It, it, it's almost like Lab Day is right around the corner up in Chicago. So, <laughs> well, I was, it's interesting because yesterday I was on some emails that were planning for Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's strange. <laughs> I mean, to wrap this up, I yeah. you know, I think the main thing is we have to look at the customer. You know, whereas LabTechs, you know, we, we are doing the best we can for the patient. And, you know, whatever it takes, I think, whatever options um, we have. I mean, I was always my mentors uh, years ago, Dr. Pound and, you know, um, uh, other people always told me you have to have a big bag of tricks. The bigger your bag of tricks and more options you have, the better off you are in prosthetics and, and always understanding the variables and trying to eliminate the variables as much as possible to understand how to design the case. So I think digital does that very well. Uh-huh. It ends up providing, it gives us a tool and, and some great solutions for the patient in the long term. And especially digitizing the denture. I mean, like I said earlier, you retain this file. Uh, and the patient keeps this file for the, you know, for the rest of their life. They, if they're on a trip and they, they, they party too much, maybe on a cruise line and they lose their dentures overboard, which I've done many <laughs> dentures for people, they, um, you know, no problem. They call their denture up and a, a new denture is waiting for them when they get home. Yeah. Uh, they don't have to go through the whole clinical process. At all labs, we've had these emergencies. We've had to make a denture, you know, really fast for somebody that's lost a denture yep. or broken a denture. No, with digital, there's no problem. You have that file. Click of the mouse and you start the process for a new one. Yeah. It's changing. Yeah. It would help with the, the famous, my dog chewed it problem. Absolutely. Uh, exactly. I mean, it's then the next thing is you're going to see the dog's paw and clicking the mouse, making a new one. <laughs> So what about changing soft tissue and relines? Can you change that file to add a new intaglio surface? Yes, you can. So you just, I mean, you can traditionally conventionally reline a digital denture because all sure. it's all polymethylmethacrylate, but um, you can also digitally take a wash impression and mm-hmm. then whether you do a functional impression, uh, use functional impression material, which is the best way to capture the soft tissue and revitalize it and scan that. And then from that file, uh, merge that, you know, uh, with the old file, register it or, you know, just use that file and, and, and mill out a new new prosthesis. That's, you know, the best, probably the best way. Years ago, we used to call this a a jump or a reconstruction where we would redo the base, but maintain the teeth. I think now with additive mm-hmm. and subtractive technologies, you know, we don't, we can skip that process and just make the patient a whole new denture. Yeah. People wearing a, a, this uh, piece of plastic in their mouth, the average denture, denture wear, you know, the studies have been 16 years. You wear the same denture in their mouth. Wow. Uh, so I mean, even five years is too much. I mean, I think, yeah. so I, I can see in the future where, where as we digitize this process and work with uh, digital prosthetics, we have these files 
I think it, it'll be best for the patient because maybe they'll have a denture. Maybe they'll have a series of dentures they wear. Maybe they'll have a denture they wear um, sure. for six months, or maybe they'll have a special set they wear when they go out for special occasions or a denture, you know, yeah. it'll, it, you know, it could be like they're part of their wardrobe, but I think in the future people will definitely, they won't just own one set of dentures. They'll have more than one, you know, to wear for occasions because digitally they'll all be exactly the same fit exactly the same and function exactly the same. That's a really good point. I think that's a very patient, positive aspect to digital dentures, which is really what we're trying to do Just here. To get out, to go out maybe with the diamond. In yeah, the absolutely. Yeah. 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 Maybe they, they, they want to they be, you know, flashy and one night, you know, sparkle and have a diamond in their tooth. <laughs> Add some, add some gold bling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, styling. You have some style dentures. Or if you're visiting relatives down in the South, you can have one that's missing a tooth. I mean, that's possible, you know? <laughs> Anything's possible. Absolutely. Anything is possible. So uh, you're absolutely right. You might want some Billy Bob digital dentures. Yeah. Or Halloween, add some fangs. I mean, we got this covered, you yeah. know? This so, is great. So it's, it depends upon what your expectations, desires are, and whatever they are. Believe me, they can be met digitally. That's great. Well, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Uh, right. Uh, my email is uh, rob at dentnostics, D-E-N-T-G-N-O-S-T-I-X.com. Yulia, the same thing, Yulia, Y-U-L-I-A at dentnostics, D-E-N-T-G-N-O-S-T-I-X.com. Uh, we have, we're still working on the websites so or new business that'll be up in the next week or two. Excellent. Uh, which, which will be dentnostics.com. Um, and that's probably the best way. Like you said earlier, I'm on Facebook. I get a lot of questions from yep. different people around the world and answering questions. So I'm always open and to anybody who wants to discuss conventional or digital ventures and, um, that's, you know, we're here to pass on knowledge. Well, yeah, I think it's great. I learned a lot. I, I picked up a few positive aspects to the digital dentures that I never thought of. And hopefully our listeners did too. And I appreciate you guys being on Robert, thank Yulia. You. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I think we covered some great ground and I thank you guys for your time. Well, thank you Elvis for having us and thank you, Barbara. And this is really a great format, you know, for uh, dental laboratory technology. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have yourself a good weekend. All right, you, thank too. you too. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. A big thank you to Robert and Yulia. We really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Their experience and skills in removable technology is a welcome perspective into the digital workflow. Thanks again for joining us. Always remember that all of their contact information is listed on their bios at VoicesFromTheBench.com. So if you want to know more, head over there and click their link. Which you should want to know more because they have a lot of information and it was a really, really good and very interesting podcast. I learned a lot. Uh, once we go digital, I may uh, be reaching out to them for some help. So I really appreciate the information. So I really have an interest in dental laboratory technology in other countries, either the history of or what's currently being done. I know I personally want to know more. And if you're a dental technician located outside of the United States, send me an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com. We'd love to have you on the show and talk about technology in your country. Please do reach out to us because we'll... We're really enjoying our interviews, and we like to interview as many as we can and as many different specialties, so please reach out to us. Yeah, we got some great interviews lined up. 
Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. If you're a dental technician, a dog almost bit me.